Welcome to Stumbling Through Work, where educators figure shit out. I'm your host, Jared Huff, and I'm here to explore and share the complexities of our work and to let you know you are not alone. Before we start, though, please follow this podcast and share episodes with others. You can find me on my website, www.jarekhuff.com, where you can find links to my social media and where I share information and tips for educators. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey team, to start off with, um, I have a little voice situation going on, so just ignore that for the episode, but I kind of want to go over my week with you, and I'm not quite sure what this week was. I don't know. (laughs) It was an interesting week, I can definitely say that. I feel that for one of my schools, I don't know if they had uh, a rally to quit or a forever strike um, with no return. Quite not sure what this week was, but okay, let me explain what happened. So it's end of the week, sitting at home with my family, we're watching TV, and I get a text message from my director, and she says, hey, so-and-so quit. And I was like, oh, okay, that was a little weird. And then it just goes left. She's like, oh, so-and-so quit. Oh, so-and-so quit. Now I got so-and-so quit. Nope, and so-and-so quit. And then the next person quit. I'm like, what the hell? So I'm asking her questions. I'm like, well, what is going on? Why Why is it like this great resignation all of a sudden? And then I get this text message from uh, my assistant director. And she said, one of my assistant directors. And she says, you have 10 minutes. And I was like, yes. So I give her a call and she's like, Jerick, what the hell is happening? And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what you guys have going on at that school. Now, I was there that morning. So that's why I'm when I left at about three, four o'clock in the afternoon, everything seemed to be fine. And it was just resignation after resignation after resignation, which said a lot to me. I'm like, okay, y'all had this coordinator for one. And. As we're talking, we're talking through situations, just trying to figure out what's going on. And no one's really telling us what's happening at this time. And I just said, "Okay, well, it is what it is. And we're just going to have to go forward. So we get off the phone. We actually was talking for about an hour and got off the phone and I'm back texting my director. And then one of the teachers actually texted me and goes, oh, by the way, I quit. I'm not quite sure what they thought that reaction would or what they thought that I was going to give. I'm not quite, I'm, I'm just still confused. Um, and my response was basically, okay, I, I guess looking at it now in hindsight, I guess I'm trying to understand what was their goal and the goal of this mass resignation. I don't know if there was a goal. I, I'm not quite sure what it was. I don't know if it was something to punish corporate, which was me, or um, they're trying to show like this can't be done without us or we're just mad. I don't know what the goal is. And that was part of my confusion. I just could not understand why it just felt random. And I do know that the goal had nothing to do with the children, because if you were honestly concerned about the children, 
if you were honestly concerned about the families, this whole scheme that you all have concocted would not have moved its way forward. It was just a bunch of chicanery. So now you're probably thinking, what was the problem? As of today, I still don't know. I really don't know. Because the few people that I did speak with, I did text a few of them like, hey, what's going on? Some just didn't respond. Um, and then some come like, is it something happening that I don't know? I received the same exact verbiage from everyone that said something along the lines of they don't feel supported by upper management. That means two people. That means either myself or and our owner and our company owner does not deal in the day to day situations, but always makes yourself available if you need to call. If it's a situation that I can't deal with, which is basically nothing, um, but you can always give her a call. And so it was between me and her. And I said to myself, huh, out of all of you all, no one has said anything to me. No one has said a single word to me. Now, let me backtrack. For the last three weeks, I've spent just about every day there, at least a couple of hours. I think I missed one day. And I've spent more time and energy at this school than my other schools. Like I was physically there. And I made myself available throughout the day. I went into the classrooms. I was observing. I was asking questions for the teachers. Do you need anything? Are you good? How's everything going? Because I was trying to change the climate there, which was very negative. I could feel it when I walked in. So I'm asking everybody, okay, everything is good. That entire time, I only had two teachers talk to me. Um, one I think I mentioned the other episode that was just a bunch of bullshit and another teacher who actually did not quit um, talked to me about some of her concerns that she needed and they were valid and I agreed with her and we made some improvement on it. No one else has spoken to me. Everyone has seen me every day. Like I said, I have been in their face asking everything is okay. So for them to say that they don't feel the support, it was bullshit because if you really needed something, you could have asked. I make myself available. You can't say you don't have my phone number because everyone has my phone number. My card is up front with my direct sale. Um, my email is all over the place. If I'm not here for the shit. They just did this. Like I said, I still don't know what the point of this was, but as it was transpiring, all I was thinking was, it is what it is. So, and let me be clear. The show stops for no one and you will never catch me slipping because all I had to do was make a few calls, borrow some teachers from other schools, and we kept it pushing the next day. And the sad and good part about the whole situation was it was so calm the next day. The teachers that came over and the teachers that were left, all the ones that I have a that I really like anyway. The environment, the climate was so positive. And even people there were coming to me saying, does it feel different? Does it feel lighter today? And I was like, it really does. Like, I enjoyed the environment. It was really, really nice. And, you know, sometimes when you can bring teachers and other adults, people into an environment with children that don't know you, it can be a little chaotic. 
And that was my biggest fear that night of the reckoning or whatever. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to have all these bodies in, but are the children going to be okay? Shit, them kids were good the next day. They didn't care. They were actually better behaved because the energy in the building was better than they were with their own teachers. So, and although some people did need to leave, I will say that I was planning on phasing a few out. Um, I didn't want them to do it that way because it was such a shock, but you know, everything happens for a reason too. Because I look at it now, and it probably was the best just to do a clean break of everybody. I mean, we had new teachers start the next week. Um, and some of the teachers that I brought over are helping training the new teachers. Um, and these are my really good ones. So the quality is going to be much better overall. And I think in the long run, even by next week, I'm definitely going to see a big improvement. I mean, even today, it was still really great there. And I'm spending a lot of time there this week helping them get up, get ready to go. But I'll say through it all and all the resignations and everything, my poor director, I loved her though, because she kind of transferred from another school. And anyone who's been in the business knows that anytime a director comes, you're always going to lose a teacher or two because they don't like the director. They don't do something, whatever it may be. But for her, it felt bad because it almost felt like they were mad at her, which she hadn't done anything. And she was so positive through it all. She was like, well, okay. She was like, well, is it me? And I was like, honestly, it's really not. And she had the same mindset that I did. Like, I guess it's just time to rebuild. And I was with that. I mean, that's all that we can do. I'm not getting ready to fight. For someone that doesn't even want to be there. I'm not getting ready to fight for the horrible teachers. I'm sorry. Not going to do it. I am not going to put energy and effort into fighting to keep someone that doesn't want to be kept. Mm. You're not here for the right reasons. You are not here for the children. And that's why I'm here. So our philosophies are already different. So when I heard, you know, teacher one, teacher two, three, four, five, six. It might have been like six or seven, something like that. I don't know. I don't even really care. My feelings were hurt. I just said, okay. And honestly, outside of today, I haven't even spoke about it because I don't even want that negative energy to be around me. I don't want it to be in the building with the children. Anyone that asks, I'm like, oh, they're no longer here. We just haven't heard from it. And I keep it going. I'm not having conversation about it because I'm not giving my energy into that. So I don't know. Um, once again, what the goal was behind this, because you'll never catch Jerry slipping. I'm always ready and I always have a plan. So the great reckoning didn't quite wreck or whatever you want to say. So um, with that being said, we'll be right back. I love sharing information with educators and program administrators. I have had so many successes, but also so many failures in my education tenure. I want leaders to know what not to do, but better than that, what to do. So, I decided to write a helpful guide, Best Practices for Center Program and Activity Directors. It's short and to the point. It's a compass to guide education leaders. These best practices will give you a foundation to lead your school, program, or organization. You can find best practices for center, program, and activity directors by Jer Cuff on Amazon 
or Amazon Kindle. Welcome back. The other day, I was coaching a colleague of mine about phone calls. We were talking about how to actually answer phone calls. As you guys know how I am about my customer service, um, they were asking me some tips. And I said, okay, let me ask you a series of questions. Uh, first one, do you handle families in a way that makes them feel good about even calling your school? When you answer calls, do you actually greet the customers and just welcome them to your business because your school is a business? What do you say to assure families that you can actually help them? They're calling for a reason. They need help. Um, while handling calls, what do you say or ask to make families feel comfortable? Half the battle is them feeling comfortable with you. And to me, this is the most important. It's a self-reflection. It's if you called your school, how would you feel? And sometimes you have to do that. I sometimes call my schools. I sometimes call my uh, managers um, on their sales. But sometimes I just call the school um, to see how they're going to answer. Now, of course, they look at the ID when they see me calling. and They're like, yes. <laughs> so... Um, sometimes I will block the call or I'll call from someone else's phone or something like that just to hear how they answer the phone because to me that's a really big um, first impression and I am very picky about when I call businesses if I call a business and it's just too much going on in the background or whoever answers the phone has an attitude either I don't want to do business with you and or if I have to do business with you like energy company or something like that i'm gonna probably have an attitude back with you because but i haven't evolved enough in life to where my attitude can be better depending on the day to me a lot of those things can be avoided and even little things about when people call i know this sounds crazy but i hate calling a child care facility and hearing children in the background like that is unacceptable I don't want to hear children. To me, it says you're in a classroom. It says you're short. It says I can't manage my time. I want to hear nice music playing in the background. I want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear loud conversations in the back, people laughing. Like all of those things need to stop when you're on the phone. You actually need to concentrate. And sometimes I even tell my staff that, you know, it, it's being on the phone actually can be difficult because. When you're communicating with someone, another person face to face, you can, you don't actually have to listen completely sometimes. You can pick up on cues by paying attention to their body language at times and their facial expressions. And sometimes, I'll be honest, I even drift in and out of a conversation. But see, I'm able to jump right back in because I can kind of read the person's actions and kind of fit back in. but. When you're on the phone, is not the same because you can't see the other person. And honestly, the only way to communicate is by listening and talking. The most important part of the phone conversation is really trying to get rid of all the other distractions. And just being able to listen so that you can actually respond to what they're saying. And they can actually hear you to respond. And, you know, when you're on the phone, you have to welcome your customers. You have to find the best solutions. And you actually have to show appreciation that you're glad that they called because they didn't have to call. And sometimes we are working on so many tasks and we get task heavy 
that we forget that we're actually here to serve families and we actually start treating them as if they're a nuisance. And parents and families can read that. Any of us can read that on the phone. We can tell when someone's busy when they're on the phone and they don't want to be bothered. And trust, if you don't want to be bothered, then I won't bother you. Um, so to me, phone etiquette, knowing how to answer the phone, how to be on the phone is super important. I did a blog post last week and I called it being fearless or be fearless. And I was just thinking about just the whole last week that we had and how you have to stand on your principle and how you can't be afraid of confrontation and how you just have to be moving forward at all times. And I've actually been doing these blog posts really short lately because I feel like it's been getting to the point I've been trying to cut out all the fluff. And I just kind of just talk about what it means to be a center director in 2023, meaning that you have to stay, you have to stay cool under pressure. Um, you know, you have to be able to assure families that, you know, their children will be safe at school. Like you have to be fearless to be a director. And if you're not a fearless person, if you're not a person to take control, then this just isn't the job for you. So, but other than that, I want everyone this week to realize that your week is probably going better than my last week. <laughs> um, I want everyone to answer the phone in a respectable way and just be fearless in what you do and stand on how you feel, stand on what's right, stand for these children 10 toes down. And other than that, I will see you all or talk to you all next week. All right. Bye. That's it for today. If you like this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating, review, and subscribe to the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website, which is in the show notes, to contact me. And I hope you have a great rest of your week and speak to you all soon.